We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. If you found $100 on the street... Would you pick it up or would you keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. Hell, I'd take it too. That's like one of my paychecks as a teacher. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, when you're betting, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet on football this season, bet with my bookie. Did you know you can bet on games after they kick off? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings, and no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now, and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. You are listening to The Uncontested, an Oklahoma City Thunder and NBA podcast featuring Jacob. All you haters come at me. Taylor. You're a step past a hater like I'm Rondo. Upgrade your baby mama to a condo. Nick. I really wouldn't mind taking a flyer on Swaggy Pete. Tommy R. I just got done taking a nap. And Justin. I'm too fast. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. You can find us anywhere you download podcasts and on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. Three of us here tonight. You got me. You got Justin. I saw naked Chris Paul today. Uh, yeah, that was uncomfortable. <laughs> Also got Taylor. Just drafted, a, or recently drafted Saquon Barkley with my number one pick in my fantasy football league this year, so uh, nice. I'm getting excited. Football, uh, NFL football officially starts tomorrow. Let's go. Nice. Who plays tomorrow? Oh, I saw it earlier and I just went blank. 
That's Who a great question. Cares? Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, Justin. Um, I'm only in it for the fantasy. Fair. Uh, Touche. Um, so you guys doing good? Yeah. So good. Yeah, we're getting closer and closer to basketball season. So yeah, I think we have media days. They haven't announced it yet, but the media Thunder Media Day should be in like about three, three weeks. weeks or so. I don't know, guys. I've been pretty invigorated watching USA basketball almost lose oh, to Turkey. Oh my so. gosh. I don't even think I need the NBA. Yeah, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so thrilling. I'm pretty worried that the United States is going to get beat by Serbia because Serbia has a squad. Yeah. Serbia has a fair. squad. Hey, but uh, speaking of FIBA, uh, our boy Danilo Gallinari has been playing well. Yeah, he has. He's looked real well. Keep racking up those stats. I, I tweeted this morning um, after uh, Dawkins NBA tweeted Gallinari's highlights from their game today, I think against Serbia, uh, I tweeted that Sam Presti is just watching that trade value climb and climb and climb. Heck yeah. <laughs> I saw your, uh, yeah, the picture of like uh, Mr. Mr. Krabs. Mr. Krabs. <laughs> With the money eyes. That's so true. So true. Uh, all right. Well, so on this podcast today, we figured what we would do since the season is approaching is we would rank the Thunder players um in, in reverse order, 14 to 1. Uh, we would talk about our rankings, and and we're just going to start with the, the back end and work our way up to number one. The way So you can rank players so many different ways. Uh, so the way that we decided... Yeah. Um, if we're going attractiveness, uh, do you put Steven Adams up at the top or near the bottom? Mm, he's at the top for me. Yeah, I think but, so too. I also think Shea Gilgis-Alexander is a good-looking dude. He's the, he's the Fresh Prince. Yeah, but I've only seen one one Thunder player naked. Just just gonna reiterate that. <laughs> and um, hopefully, are we in agreement <laughs> that are we in agreement that Mike Muscala would go at the bottom of the attractiveness rankings? I, oh, one hundred percent. And not just those rankings, but I it feel makes like sense. Oh no, he's from Minnesota. <laughs> he looks like Mike Muscala. Looks like he grew up listening to nothing but Eminem in the nineties. <laughs> Probably in <laughs> early 2000s. Am I wrong? And it's still heavily influenced to no, this day. you're not yeah. wrong. <laughs> like, ugh, he looks like he would, I don't think he has this, but he looks like he would get the name of a woman tattooed in script on the side of his neck. It's just, <laughs> just what he looks like. Uh, no, so, awesome. so our rankings are based on a few different things. We decided to set our criteria as we would evaluate players by what they've accomplished in the league so far. Um, what their value or their perceived value league wide is, um, their contract, their age, and their upside. We kind of put all of that in a pot, mixed it up, and then came out with our rankings from that. Uh, so borderline, like for me, it was almost uh, it was almost like trade value type of yeah. rankings, um, which which I think is interesting. Uh, I don't know if you guys went exactly that same way. I was um, pretty similar, especially my towards the top of my list. That's kind of how I viewed it as well. Um, so I think you guys will find some – I think we'll have some differences towards the top uh, just because of what you just mentioned, Jacob. So I'm really excited to, to, to get to that point. Yep, awesome. Okay, well, you guys ready to jump right into it? Yeah, I'm so excited. This will be ready. fun. Awesome. So let's just start. This. The Thunder, we're not counting the two-way guys. So the Thunder have 14 players on roster. But really fast, just because we, I know we'll probably have the time on this podcast and uh, it's relevant, um, the Thunder signed Devin Hall to their last two-way deal today. And yep, so our, that means our one and only Jacob called it. 
I, hey, you I'm did. just saying. I'm pretty damn good at what I do. Okay. <laughs> no, it, it is kind of interesting, though, that the Thunder now have three point guards on roster and two point guards on two-way deals. Yeah, that right. Is like, yes, they have, but I would, I would honest, honestly, I'd argue that I think uh, Hall, if he, if he's going to make it in the NBA, I think he's more of a shooting guard. Okay, but, and, I mean, and you, you can maybe argue the point. same for Lou Dort. Yes, right. Yeah, because he's very, he's like a Deontay. He's very versatile, but um, still, I mean, I think your point still stands because um, technically he is a, a point guard. But I, I just view, I think, at least I hope <laughs> that Pressy views Hall as a shooting guard, as a uh, spot yeah. shooter kind of player. Yep. Okay, so let's just let's start at the back end and work our way forward. So let's go down. Uh, we'll all three kind of give our answer for number 14. So, Justin, who did you rank last on the Thunder roster? Abdul Nader. Oh, okay. Taylor, who did you rank last? That's interesting. Um, I'm, I'm by no means a big Nader fan, but I actually have him uh, a, couple, a couple pegs higher uh, up the ladder. So my last one is none other than... Mike Musky Muscala. Wow. Okay. Um, so we're we're starting this bad boy off just yeah, all three with are. different answers. Yeah, we Because are. my number fourteen <laughs> is Justin Patton. Okay. Fair. I have okay. actually, uh, and not to jump the gun here, but I have him at thirteen. Um, okay, Justin. Do you have Justin Patton low as well? I do. I ha- I have him at, at thirteen as well. Okay. Okay. Fair. Then then let's go. Let's go with Justin Patton collectively at fourteen because I think if we averaged our rankings out, he's yes. probably going to be the lowest ranked. I think okay. that's fair. Deal. Because I I think Taylor and I have um, Abdul a little bit higher. Yep. And then Justin, I don't know about you, but I have Muscala a little bit higher as well. Yeah. Okay. So, so okay. So so let's start with Justin Patton. So uh, Justin Patton at fourteenth of fourteen, which is not good. Um, why, why do we put him so low? So what I have here is just, I mean, he's, he's obviously still young, which I think is a, a good thing for him. And was a reason that Presti was interested in him and wanted to take a flyer on him for this upcoming season. But injuries have kept him from playing pretty much his entire career. And also has, because of that, it stunted his development, right? And so we, he's kind of like a, a much less promising Baisley in the fact that he's also in, in kind of an unknown. All we know about him is what uh, everybody was talking about him coming into the draft, which is very high. Um, but unfortunately, we haven't gotten to see that because of injuries that have stunted his development. So uh, because of that, I think you have to put him down pretty low since he hasn't even been able to really play much in the two seasons he's been in the league. Yeah, and I also kind of put him there because of just kind of like you said, he, he doesn't have much value right now right. And, right. Um, and I wonder he's very clearly going to be the third big the third not the third big the third center on this team uh, on a team that may run small from time to time so I just I don't see him getting a lot of burn in Oklahoma City at least this first year I mean his contract Thunder signed him for three years uh, but they never pay him more than 1.9 million and actually 2020-2021 and then the 21-22 season those are both non-guaranteed, uh, and this season is only partially guaranteed for 700k. So, it, this is very much a this dude had absolutely no other options, and the Thunder just brought him in. and And if something happens, because he was a he was a pretty high draft pick, was he a lottery pick? No, he's just outside the lottery. Yeah. Um, if something happens and he, and he pans out, awesome. But if not, um, it is a very very low cost uh, gamble here. Yeah, that's what I was going to it's a it's a classic kind of presty project type of player and it may work out but I think you know there's a lot more busts than ones that actually 
end up working out in the Thunder's favor. And I took the same kind of avenue you did, Jacob, of trying to think about trade value when I was ranking these guys of like, what could the Thunder get in return? What would they net out with? And I, Patton, Patton doesn't get you anything. Yep. That's kind of where I was at. All right. Um, I don't really want to talk a whole lot about some of these guys because I just don't think there's a lot to talk about. Do you guys have anything else for Patton? Nope. Oh, just one thing. Uh, or is Mescal the other guy you were uh, talking about there when you said these these two guys? Are you talking about what I said? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, Jacob. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, sorry. I thought you said these these last two or these these two guys that we mentioned, and I was gonna. I have a little bit to oh. say about why I have Mescala so low, but okay. if you guys have them higher, we'll save it. Okay. Okay. Well, sorry. let no, you're fine. Uh, you ready to move on to thirteen? Yes. Okay, uh, Justin, who'd you have at thirteen? I had Patton at thirteen. Yes. Okay, yeah, and Justin then and but, but you had Nader at fourteen. Okay. I, correct. Taylor, you also had Patton at thirteen. So uh, correct. And then you had Musky. Yeah, Musky at fourteen. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. I have Deontay Burton at 13. Okay, so I have Deontay at 12 if you want to same. dive into Deontay. Okay, yeah, me and okay, Justin are well, on same pages So, here. So I think maybe um, maybe we go Nader here since Justin had Nader at 14. Okay, good point. Um, we'll, we'll put Nader at this spot. Does that seem fair? Yes, yes. and um, I have him at 11, right above Deontay um, at 12. So uh, okay. kind of so, in the same So this, this works. I think, again, averaging it out. Uh, he, if we took all of our rankings and we averaged them, he would be second lowest probably. Correct. Um, so, okay, Justin, tell me why you have Abdel Nader so low. Because he's useless. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Bang, bang. Um, that was great. It's not, it's not, it's not very nice. <laughs> uh, you know, I, he brought no value to the Thunder, and I think he's brought no value uh, when he was on the Celtics either. And I think that if you look across the league, there's just not, there's just not a, a lot of desire for players like Abdul Nader that are going to hang around and not do much for you. Um, I think that, you know, he, he seems like a nice enough guy, but if I think about a scenario of the thunder trying to trade him, like who's, who's lining up to take that trade. I exactly. can't, I can't think of a team, you know, and the, the biggest draw for him was supposed to be that he's, he's a lights out shooter and he shot 32% in Oklahoma city exactly. last year in 61 games. He averaged over one and a half attempts a game, uh, and shot well below league average. And he's just about to turn 26 years old this month. Yeah. That That's, was the yeah. other thing with him he's is older. like, Versus a guy like Burton, who maybe not it, it maybe isn't a high-profile prospect. Nader's not young anymore, and so you can't chalk it up as like, yes, he's only played two years in the league, but when you're that old, your clock is that much shorter. I think that's that's a very good point, and I, I think if I would have taken uh, his age into consideration, I probably would have had him behind Deontay. But the reason I had him at 11 is because I – He's somebody who we saw him this past season. He can actually put the ball on the floor fairly efficiently, um, and he does have somewhat of a threat from outside. Not nearly enough, maybe, to be guarded right now, but I think it's something he could work on. Um, and he he has actual experience, actual NBA experience, and has put in actual like actual NBA minutes, right? So I was kind of viewing him as like a a filler player and a bigger trade. So like maybe a Chris Paul trade, you have to throw in like Nader um, if they're sending another player in return something along those lines 
and th- that's why I have him a little higher maybe than than I do Deontay. Um, but when you take his age into consideration, I think that's that's a good point. He's much older than I think I even realized <laughs> before you guys mentioned that. So yeah. Um, okay. Any other thoughts on on Nader? No. Okay, I think we're good. Uh, let's move on <laughs> to number. 12. Justin, who is your number 12? I had Burton at 12. Okay. Uh, Taylor, who'd you have at 12? Also had Deontay. Okay. I have Deontay at 13, so it seems like Ooh. we're talking about Deontay next. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, Taylor, why don't you start us off here? Uh, why Why do you have Deontay in, in like, the bottom three, uh, and what do, you, what do you think about him? So, he's obviously – he's another young player with a lot of un- unknowns, um, but he's extremely athletic, and he, he shows – flashes of potential he's more versatile than like a diallo or a nader but i feel like he's much less proven and much less skilled it's a lot about his strength and then his build worries me a little bit uh, long term for a career in the nba you know he's going to be carrying a lot of weight even even if he does get in shape he's just that's just how he's built right and i think durability could be a concern moving forward as well um, but like i said he's he's unproven um, and he, he could be worth a gamble to a team who are, who are willing to take a gamble on him in the right situation um, because he has shown those flashes of potential, but long-term, it, it worries me a little bit as much as I love watching Deontay out there, and hopefully we get to see him, see him uh, occasionally this upcoming season with the Thunder, but that's why I have him fairly low. So I have him low for the similar reasons as Nader. While I would never call Burton useless, uh, I actually don't dread him coming out of the court like I did Nader. It's the age again. He's a he's a rough prospect, but he's only five months younger than Nader. Yep. And so when you look at a guy like he, he always gets lumped in with Hami, for example, he's four years older than Hami. And so yeah, they're kind of in a similar place. I'd give Hami like a slight edge uh, between the two, but Hami's four years younger, so that alone makes him much more valuable in my mind. That's so pretty significant. Yeah. That's as much crazy. again, same thing. Like as much as I love Deontay, it's just, I don't, I don't think there's a market for him uh, with the skill set that he, that he currently has being as old as he is. Yeah. And I also think, you know, I think a lot of fans like Burton because whenever he came in and did play some minutes for the thunder, uh, my mind always goes back to that home game against Portland last year where he got a lot of yeah. burn and he played great. Um, he brings energy. Yeah, energy, and, th- and, and that's the thing. Defense. I think whenever guys like Deontay Burton, like Hamadou Diallo, like Abdul Nader uh, get a chance, and they go in the game, they're going like a hundred and twenty-five percent in like a mid-January game, where the rest of the NBA who whose spots are solidified and they know they're good. In mid-January, they're going like 75 80%, you know? And so I think people don't realize that that inflates what what you see from that player for that one time. You're like, oh, God, he came in this game, and he was great, and he was awesome, and he needs more playing time. And, and there is something to be said about bringing effort to the court every night, but I just think, like, you know, nobody really has Deontay Burton on a scouting report. Nobody's focusing yep. on that guy whenever he's on the court. Um, and if he comes in on a random January night and is just busting his ass trying to prove something and everyone else is exhausted and just in the dog days of the of the season where it's just like so monotonous and, and they're kind of having on cruise control, you know, that makes somebody like Deontay maybe look a little bit better than he actually is. 
Um, and, and don't get me wrong, I like Deontay, but I, I think that that is we have to bring that part up in the conversation. And then, like Justin said, the the age, you know, he's he's about to be twenty six. He's older. Yep. He'll be he'll be twenty six uh, before the trade deadline this year. Yep. And so that, you know, he he couldn't even make an NBA squad his first year. Uh, he had to do all of his um, his college career. He had to play out all four years, then play overseas just to get even a crack at a two way spot. Um, nothing against the guy at all. It's just I don't think he's great he has yeah. long-term potential right that's right fair. is that fair yeah um, yep. i think we're all on the same page there i'm with you okay uh any other thoughts on deontay or do you guys want to move on i'm ready well still love you deontay yeah. yep <laughs> i love deontay to death did you guys watch the the little video thing they put out on him yeah uh that the thunder did it was pretty cool it's pretty pretty actually yeah i don't think i did i'm gonna have to go oh, back and uh, it's kind of cool he talks cool. about his mom a lot in it and stuff it's, yep. it's, cool. it's pretty nice that's awesome. okay uh so number 11 justin Good old Musky. Okay, I have Musky at 11 as well, and Taylor had him at 14, right? I had him all the way down, and here is my reasoning. I've been ready <laughs> to say this on the podcast because it's kind of funny. Do it. Do so it. So I get it. I get that it's maybe a little too low for Mike Muscala, especially if Sam Presti were to somehow, and he's not, but if he were to somehow listen to this podcast, he would agree that it's probably a little too low. However, he is my Kyle Singler of this era, and I believe his contributions and his career will go accordingly. <laughs> is he the Kyle Singler of this era because he's white? No, 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 because Dude. I feel like he's very much going to be the scapegoat who, like, this season is going to be similar to Russ's MVP season in the sense that, like, we had nobody else to play but Kyle Singler, so Mascal is going to get minutes. <laughs> but he's not going to look all that great. He's going to make a lot of mistakes. And, like, honestly, the Kawhi Leonard-Paul George decisions – which therefore led to the domino effect of Russell Westbrook, etc. Um, that may have derailed Mike's career, and he may be overseas next season because of that, where he would have looked much better in an offense where you have guys like Russell Westbrook and Paul George, and he can just slide in as a as a role player with that team, you know? Yeah, touche. Uh, Justin, what do you got about him? I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, mean, I must say, like, I was very disappointed to hear that Sam Presti was at his front door, you know, uh, what was it, 6, 6 p.m. Uh, uh, on, on when is it? The new deadline. June I was about to say, 30th? Yes, yeah, June 30th. I was about to say July yeah. 1st, but yes, June 30th. So um, I'm with you there, Justin. Yeah, it's just he's whatever. He has a dumb name, and <laughs> I don't think he's very good at basketball. My one thing, the reason I put him up at 11 and not lower, um, he isn't in, in his athletic prime. He's 20, He just turned 28 years old, actually on July 1st, uh, the day he signed his contract or committed to his contract. Uh, he can shoot the ball, right? Like he, he's a career 36.5% three-point shooter. Uh, so he can stroke it. And his size, even though he's not great defensively, his size allows you to play him at the five. And, and really space the floor out offensively. So I do think he fits the modern NBA, even if he's not great. I think he yeah. fits the modern NBA, which does have some value. Um, some playoff team or fringe playoff team or somebody pushing to make the playoffs, I could realistically see them playing him as like a, a backup four or five, you know, like the third big yep. um, on, on a team. Uh, at, at a low cost, the Thunder have him on a veteran minimums contract. So I think all of that combined 
uh, raises him up just a little bit. I think that's fair. And I think that's the reason I have Nader as my 11 uh, over Deontay, just because of that idea of him being able to be the 3 and D player um, and being able to hit that outside shot. I I think, and I I think teams may be willing to gamble on that just a little bit if he's like included as a filler in a deal, you know? Yeah. So that's why I had him uh, above Deontay. Yeah. I don't think it's a, it's a deal breaker if he's included in a, as filler or something. Or if somebody just wanted to like trade for him for a for a trade exception, you know. Right. So, uh, anything else on good old Musky? I don't think so. No thanks. Okay. Um, now I think so. I I definitely think if we were breaking this list up into tiers, we just got out of the trash tier, right? <laughs> that is Agreed. so true. I think it's a good. We just transition. got the trash tier. That's, that's and, the giveaway pile. Yep. And so now we get into like the next tier, where I think it's going to start getting interesting, and I'm kind of excited to see where you guys ranked people at. Um, so, number ten, Justin, who do you have ranked at number ten on your list? Darius Baisley. Ooh, Fascinating. Okay, Taylor, who do you have on your list? Hamadou Diallo. Mm-hmm. Th- this is going to be interesting it, just all the way through um, because my number 10 is Chris Paul. Woo! I have Chris Paul at nine. Woo! Taylor, where do you have CP3 at? I thought I was being like, I, I thought I was going to be a little low with having Chris Paul at four. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so we have 10, nine, and four for Chris Paul. Justin, you said you had Baisley there. Um, Taylor, I don't want you to, to spoil your list, but right. do you have Baisley much higher than 10? Not at all. I have Baisley at 9. Okay. I have <laughs> Baisley h- higher than 10. Okay. I, I have him up there a ways. And then, uh, Taylor, who was your number 10 again? Sorry. My 10 was Hamadou Diallo. Okay. Justin, how uh, high up? Do you have Hami much higher than that? No, I've got Hami at 8. Okay. Okay. Then... Let's go ahead. I think averaging it out, I think um, Chris Paul is going to be the next lowest since um, yeah, that's we have him at nine. That is so crazy. Someone else had him at nine. So Ugh. let's chat about Chris Paul. We said 10, 9, and 4 on Chris Paul rankings, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay, so so collectively for like the uncontested rankings, we're putting him at number 10. And I guess I'll kick us off on this one for Chris Paul. The reason I have him so low, even though – he is the most decorated player on this team, uh, probably the most achieved player on this team. And you can arguably say at this exact moment, maybe the most talented player on this team. Yeah. Uh, it simply comes down to what we've always talked about, Chris Paul, since uh, since he was in Houston and now that he's in Oklahoma City, it's the age and the contract, right? He's, yep. he's um, 34 years old. He'll be 35 uh, right after the season ends in May. And that contract still runs for two more seasons after this season. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, he's got two more years. Okay. So he's he's under contract, yeah, until summer of 2022. Uh, for the next two seasons, he makes a combined $85 million, which is just Ooh. crazy money. Um, and, again, I kind of looked at it as league-wide perception on value. And – as his his contract is essentially inverted in the sense that as he gets worse, the money gets better. Right. You know, and, and that's just a recipe for disaster. 
He's he's an absolutely terrific player. I think he's going to fit well on the Thunder, and there's going to be a lot of player movement, ball movement. I think Steven Adams is going to have a career year because of Chris Paul. I just I, I rank him so low because of those two things, and, and those two things are so loud. You just can't ignore them. I, yep. And that's fair, but I just feel like there's going to be enough contenders who are going to be interested in Chris Paul, right, which is why I have him ranked so high uh, at four. Because there's going to be an Orlando, a Miami, uh, a Minnesota, some team that is willing to take the gamble on him because of who he is. And so long as he can stay healthy, which is a big if, I understand that. But he's gotten his body in better shape, as as all of us unfortunately saw today on the ESPN Body uh, Magazine issue. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's he's gone vegan. He shed some weight. I think he's going to have a great two years and uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see a, t- a team take a gamble on him such as like a Miami who feels like that can put them into the Eastern Conference finals contention right and I'm just I don't know I'm not quite as low as on CP3 um, I think he has two solid years left to give to any team whether that's the Thunder or elsewhere and uh, you know once that once that contract goes off um, he, I, I don't know. I, I feel like he still has two years to give, and I feel like those those contract years, while very expensive, it could be worth it to a team who is a Chris Paul away from a championship or a finals appearance, you know, or a, a conference finals uh, appearance. Excuse me. Okay. I guess I'm, I'm not as optimistic about there being as many suitors. I think he'll find a team. Like I don't right. think Oklahoma City's gonna. And be don't get like me wrong. A, I don't think it's gonna like be a, a deadline. Situation. Like I think we're gonna have Chris Paul this entire season. I, I agree with that. But I also would argue um, that he's going to be healthy this entire season, which maybe because he's not playing as much, but still. So I guess when I think about Chris Paul, like you, you said it well, Jacob, it's not that I don't have him at at, uh, at nine because I think he's a bad player or that he's anything like that. Like you mentioned, he's probably the most talented player on the Thunder roster. But my issue with him is I think he's a net negative trade asset. Like, I think the Thunder are going to lose whatever trade they go into, whether that means, like, throwing in an additional draft pick to kind of sweeten the deal to get rid of him or whatever it is. It's not going to be a net positive, but you have to look at it in context of, you know, the PG and the Russell Westbrook deals all together. So the Thunder will still be in good shape, but I think the actual CP3 trade it is not going to be a great trade for the Thunder. And a lot of that has to do with other teams knowing the situation that Oklahoma City's in. You may have a team that wants him, but what are they really going to give up? Yeah, They're not going to give up a ton for him because they know that Oklahoma City doesn't want him. They know that they don't want to keep him around. So all they have to do is play the waiting game until Oklahoma City finally caves and you know says, okay, fine, we'll trade you CP3. And I, I think that's the biggest thing is that it's so much money to take on with a guy who hasn't played a full season in forever a decade. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, yeah, it, I, I don't know. It's, here's too many concerns. This, here's concerning to me. 2018, 19, he played 58 games, 17, 18, 58 games, 16, 17, 61 games. 2015-16, his last All-Star appearance, he played 74. Yeah. So it's been one, two, three, four years since, since he's, he's played, played into this into the amount. 70s. Yep. Right. 2014-15, uh, he played all 82. Um, and then 13-14, 62 games. 12-13, 70 games. 11-12, 60 games. 
2011, 80 games. So he's played um, either all or almost all of the games of the season twice since the 2010 season. I'm telling you since guys. Since he was in New Orleans. Somebody's going to be desperate enough that they're, they're going yes. to do it. Although <laughs> um, the 20 – what year was the lockout year? That was 2009-2010, right? Oh. No. Because he played that, 45 games that year. That might have been his uh, – without his meniscus tear? Maybe. Was the – I think the lockout was 2011, wasn't it? It wasn't 2010-11 because he played 80 games that year. Okay. It could be 2011-2012. I don't remember. Yeah. But one, one of those years is the lockout year. NBA lockout 2011, yep. Okay, so uh, there you go. Besides that, I mean, he's he's been playing three quarters of the season, you know, and yep. and that's concerning. Yep. It's Very incredibly concerning, concerning you know, and, and that hurts that trade value as well. Uh, but as Taylor mentioned, Chris Paul was in the ESPN, uh, the body, uh, magazine, right? Um, yep. he looks good, right? He's, he's, he's vegan. slim, he's muscular, um, and he's, uh, from that picture at least, lacks a lot of body hair, which probably <laughs> means that he, Gross. he shaves a lot. Also, is that his natural glow or, uh, some coconut oil or something? It's a good question. I don't know. Speaking of shaving, however, join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your special offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. Why should you try Harry's? Well, Chris Paul, he may be able to tell you, but I can tell you also. Harry's founders were two regular guys tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors. Harry makes quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. If you don't love your shave... Let them know, and they'll give you a full refund. This summer, refresh your wallet and your face with a Harry's trial set. It comes with a weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip, or ergonomic, excuse me, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade for a close shave, a rich lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling great, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. Listeners of The Uncontested, the, the uncontested can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your offer and let them know that the guys over at the Uncontested sent you to help support the show. All right, you guys ready to go into number nine? Let's do it. Okay, so again, ready. I think we're just going to be all over the board on this, which which oh, is yeah. just fascinating to me. Um, okay, Justin, number nine, who you got? That was my CP3. Oh, okay, that's right. Um, and who was your number 10 again? Sorry. Baisley. Baisley. Okay. Yep. Taylor, who's your number nine? Darius Baisley. Holy yes. crap. Okay. My number nine was Andre Robertson. Mm. But. You're lower on that expiring than I am. We can. <laughs> we can. Since you guys both have Baisley um, at 10 and nine, we'll do uh, Darius Baisley here. Okay. Um, should I tell you guys where I had him or should I wait and, and yeah. reveal it? You want to know right now? Yes. You. Uh, this is going to be a hot take apparently now because he was. A lot different number than you guys had him. Uh, <laughs> I had so Baisley excited. at three. Woohoo! You're high on Baisley. That is You're high spicy. on Baisley. I'm high on I, him too, but not I, quite that I high. just think he fits the modern NBA mold. and um, so, so I guess I'll start Kay. because I had okay. him so high. He yep. fits the modern NBA mold. Uh, he is on a very, very cheap contract 
for the next four seasons and then hits restricted free agency where his team controls his his rights basically they can match any deal that that he signs in restricted free agency if he does not sign an extension before then um he's that prototypical three four kind of tweener that has become very popular in the league he has a little bit of a handle he's got a workable jump shot uh he's a kind of a pass first kind of guy to me darius Baisley has the structure and the prototype to be the next Pascal Siakam. And if that is the case, um, I think other GMs probably see that potential there. And to be able to trade for that guy and control his future for at minimum the next five years at such a young age already, um, I think is really attractive. And so that's why I put him so high. It's just basically because the the amount of team control and the team-friendly contract on that end with the potential upside. Obviously, with young guys like that, you're not betting on what they've done. You're betting on what you think they can do. Yep. And I, I think there would be a handful of teams that would be interested in trying to acquire Darius Baisley. So the reason I had him so low is really just the number of times that you said the word if. Right. When you described sure. why you Justin like and I are the very same. And it's, it's yep. yeah, he, you know, he could be – he does have the physical tools to be the next Pascal Siakam, but there's a lot of guys that have the physical tools to be Pascal that are not Pascal. And I think that's that's my hesitation with him is he's so unknown. We we know nothing about him. We we can look up tape of him, you know, playing in an open gym or summer league or back in high school, but that's not really a great picture of who he is now or who he'll be in the NBA. Now, all that said, that could play out in the Thunder's favor, and Presti just found you know the biggest steal in the draft. Right. But at the same time, there's a reason he wasn't really listed highly on a lot of mock draft boards, and it's because you know the other GMs around the league, it, he wasn't on their radar. So again, going back to kind of how I evaluated these of thinking about trade value, I think Darius Baisley is not that enticing of a trade chip. Now, come trade deadline, if he's killing it and it's obvious that he's got potential that totally changes things and i think i would rank him accordingly rank him higher but i would argue that if that's the case thunder aren't getting rid of him you know exactly so justin you and i are in the did i did i interrupt you or end your uh, train of thought first no, of all okay good that good, was good, it. good okay because i was gonna say i think we're on the exact same page i was going to say the uh, same exact thing and my argument my counter argument to jacob um from everything he said is that i 100 agree with what he said the issue is like you suggested, the ifs. What Jacob described is what me, what Jacob, what you, Justin, what all Thunder fans hope uh, Baisley can and will become, right? But he, like you said, he's a complete unknown. And so because of that, I'm not sure how high others view him. Now, all the guys that worked with him, you know, there's a, a lot of NBA players right now. Um, there's some guys who played with him in, in high school or followed him in AAU. There's Mike Miller. Those guys, you know, just cannot speak highly enough about him and because of that i have him higher than i do hamadou diallo um, because uh, there's so much hype around him and like just the thought like jacob described the thought of him uh what he can become a pascal siakam type uh, I, I have him higher than hami because of that and i love hami you guys know i love hami <laughs> right but those un the complete unknown just really worries me i just can't quite put him high on this list yet i think he also though has the most variance 
where yeah. like we we have him at a certain spot now and if yep. we do this podcast this time to next the date year. next year um i think he's the one that would have has the possibility of having the highest variance right not because, to spoil, because of that that idea of the unknown not to spoil uh my list or anything but i yes i agree with you 100 percent, jacob and i Probably would have Baisley where I ranked Tommy, or not Tommy. Goodness, where I ranked Ferguson uh, for the, for this list. Yeah, you know, I mean, this time next year we could all have him at number fourteen or fifteen. This time next year we could all have him at like two or three. You know, high floor, um, low ceiling. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it's just the 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 amount of variance there is so huge. Okay, so Baisley was at number nine for us. Uh, so number eight, Justin. Hami, Hami, Hami. Okay, uh, Taylor, who'd you have at eight? At eight, I had Nerlens. Okay. Um, so my nine was Robertson. My eight was Schroeder. Ooh. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah, this whole middle is so different. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I, I do have – so for Nerlens, I do have Nerlens at seven. Um, I have Noel at seven also. Okay, so then let's do Nerlens right here. Nerlens is going to be our overall number eight. Okay. So for Nerlens, I just have – he's obviously he's still young. Um, he should go. Showed good development, attitude, and potential in OKC, and he's a solid rotation piece for a team looking for a center. You know, obviously the first one that comes to everybody's mind is the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, before the the whole Dwight Howard deal, but even if Howard um, doesn't pan out in there, and say say something pops up and they decide to uh, just drop him because of the contract they signed him to, um, Nerlens is a great potential trade piece come after you know post December, I guess, when all their contracts free up and they're able to trade them. Um, so because of that, I have Nerland right there in the middle. You know, he's not a guy who took the huge leaps that, uh, you know, could have put the Thunder into uh, the next round of the playoffs because of Nerland's, right? But he still was a solid foundational piece in that second unit for OKC last season. Uh, he showed big leaps in development. And so because of that, I have him right there at eight. Yeah, I think he's he's a promising prospect. He's similar in age to Burton. And kind of all my hesitations about Burton earlier for where he was at at that age is kind of why I like Nerlens. He's he's still young-ish, um, but he's he's showing growth. He's showing that improvement like Taylor touched on, and I think that makes him a more enticing prospect. I also think he's kind of like learned some hard lessons in the NBA, and I think for people that can actually learn those lessons, go through those experiences and come out the other side changed – I think the NBA values guys like that. And I think you've seen that with Nerlens with uh, specifically the contract situation that he went through in Dallas. I think he's learned from that. And I think that it, that's been part of the contribution to his growth. So I think that as his time with Oklahoma city most likely comes to an end, uh, I think, I think you'll, you'll see a suitor coming for him for sure. Yeah. I think definitely he, he could be on the trade block as far as people are going to be interested in him. Um, great size. Um, not really good hands offensively, but he does what you want him to defensively, even though he does gamble quite a bit. Um, he's just a rangy, athletic uh, big man in the NBA, which, again, I think kind of fits the modern mold of the league, where instead of having this traditional massive, like Steven Adams doesn't really fit the traditional mold, really. True. Uh, 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 well, traditionally he does, but but modern he doesn't. Um, and, and a guy like Nerlens does, if Nerlens can be a little more sound, uh, positionally sound defensively, uh, and just finish lobs, we know that he's a pretty good passer. Uh, we know that he can get out and transition. Uh, the couple of games where he started when Steven was out last year, 
he was really, really good. Yep. Right? Which uh, is why he, I think people think he'd do really well with uh, the Lakers. You know? Yeah, like statistically, he he put up numbers, you know? And, right. And I think what Justin said is spot on that he he was a high draft pick. Um, he was part of the process in, in Philly. And then he did get humbled, and he did get brought back down to earth and, and shown, like, you aren't all that. And he had to go through that. Uh, passing up that contract in Dallas, basically riding the bench and eating hot dogs, uh, making it to Oklahoma <laughs> City on back-to-back minimum deals. Uh, I think that humbles a guy, and, and he now understands kind of his role, um, what he can do in the NBA, what teams are looking for within him, uh, and he's matured. And so I I think it it's a it's a good spot for him, um, especially for the the trade aspect value. So totally agree. Yep. Beautiful. Okay. Well, we skipped both my nine and eight. So where, who do you guys have at seven? Justin, you had, you had Nerlens at seven. Yes. Correct. Okay. And eight was homie. Okay. Taylor. I had Dre at seven. Okay. I had Dre at nine. Yes. So I think we go ahead fair. and put That's Andre Robertson here at fair, seven. Does that fair, seem good? Yep. Beautiful. Okay. Justin, I will let you start talking about Andre. So Dre, I had Dre at five. Wow. Okay. Uh, which admittedly is a little high, but I think that yes, there's lots of concerns for a guy that hasn't played competitive basketball in 18 months. <laughs> Very valid concerns probably, but I think he's a proven commodity. So similar to what we were talking about with Baisley, where it's like his potentials through the roof, but we don't know. And it's hard. It's, it's, you can buy into potential sometimes, but it's it's sometimes hard to, you know, sell yourself on guesswork. Whereas Andre Robertson, like, he's proven it. He's shown what he can do, and he can be one of the best defenders in the NBA on the perimeter. And so it, it'll depend on what happens when he finally does step back on the floor. If he's a shadow of his old self, he's going to be in an elite defensive conversation Will he be the same Andre Robertson he was before? Probably not. Uh, but I think even even at 80% of old Andre, he's still going to have teams around the league that would be interested in acquiring him. See, so I my argument for Dre is very similar to yours, just kind of on the opposite end of what you said. So you said that he's a proven commodity. We know what he can be, and it's going to depend on on how he comes back from the injury. See, to me, that makes him now unproven. Um, we know what he was. Right. We don't know any longer what he is. Um, but I still had him. I mean, I know nine is, is bottom half of this list, but I still had him at nine because even if he is not anywhere near the Andre Robertson that he used to be, uh, he still is an expiring contract, which is valuable oh. to t- some teams. Yes. Also, that's a good point. I think that if he is, let's say, ninety-five percent of the old Dre, and he's one of the the elite defensive players in the league, I still don't think there is universal value to him. Uh, obviously, each team values different players differently, and I would think that across the league, if Robertson came back at ninety-five percent, his perceived value uh, would have such a wide range, team to team. Because some teams may see him as incredibly valued because his ability to shut down, um, you know, what if you're a team that, that needs him to guard a Paul George or a Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs? I have the perfect right? team in that situation, the Houston Rockets. 
Yeah, that that that's yeah. a great one, right? And he's got yep. the size. Yep. But on the flip side, you know, maybe Houston doesn't value him because he's such a liability offensively. Yeah. Houston almost solely right. relies right. on that space and pace offense that he he murders that space so bad that that is why they value him low. Whereas maybe another team, uh, you know, maybe a uh, a Portland would value him a lot more because their two backcourt guys can shoot the hell out of the ball. And so his spacing isn't as much of a detriment. I think the value of Dre, based on who you are talking to uh, across the league, probably has such a wide variance that that it, it's hard to place him. Uh, yeah, totally. absolutely. And Jacob, you nailed everything uh, I was going to say about Dre on the head. I mean, that was perfect. And I just have him a little higher than like a Nerlens or Diallo, or Baisley, for example, because I think that expiring holds a lot more value um, than I even realized uh, after this summer and this past regular season. So I have him at seven just because of that. Yeah, but everything I do else you think, said, I'm with you. I do think the expiring, though, typically holds a lot of value, but I, I question how much value it holds specifically um, for, for a, a contract, contract expiring. Well, not for the size of his contract, but just for the summer of 2020. Okay, yeah. If fair. he was expiring With last year... Right. Right. If, if his contract ran out in July 1st of 2019, I think that contract actually would have been a lot more valuable because there's really – who really wants cap space in 2020? Some of the biggest guys that were going to be free agents, um, Eric Gordon and Draymond Green, have already extended and locked up. So the 2020 free agent class is, like, barren. You right. know. So, so what point. does that money really do for you in the summer of 2020? You know, and so I think he's just that 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 contract, unfortunately for the Thunder, kind of becomes a little bit less valuable just because of the situation across the league. Whereas if he would have been a free agent one year earlier or one year later, it would have been a lot more valuable. Fair. That's a good point. All right. Number six, Justin. My number six is T Ferg. Okay. Okay. Taylor. My number six is the sixth man himself. Dennis Schroeder. Okay. Um, My number eight was Dennis Schroeder. My number six was Steven Adams. Okay. So I, I think... I got Steven uh, at five, so we're all right there. I think we do Schroeder at, at six. I think that's how that averages out. I like it. Um, so, so, Justin, go ahead and talk about Schroeder. So I actually had Schroeder a little bit higher at four. Okay. And I think it's because it's what we've talked about a lot. He's a starting caliber point guard. And there's going to be a team that comes along that needs to fill that spot. Um, and and I think he's shown it, albeit somewhat inconsistently with the Thunder, but he, he's proven his ability to to be a guy that you could have be your starting point guard in the NBA. So while he's not perfect and, you know, he had his moments, I also think, sidebar, that his playing alongside Russell Westbrook also showed uh, a good benefit for Dennis because of his ability to play off the ball and kind of play at that two spot. I think that makes him a little more versatile. So, well, again, I, I went back and forth on him. That's why it may sound a little wishy-washy uh, as kind of where to place him. But I, I had him at four because I think he's, he's a solid prospect that I think is going to draw interest from across the league. On that nice. note, just, Justin, I think uh, I'm with you. But I don't think I value him as a starter quite as much as you do because what I have here is that arguably he could be the best backup point guard in the league. Um, and he's also on a controllable and a reasonable contract. But I, I feel that he could be a starter 
more so in the right situation, right? I'm not sure he could be a starter and just, I, I shouldn't say just any team, because obviously there's some star point guards in the league, but it'd have to be a, a certain situation. Like, say Rubio doesn't pan out well in Phoenix, and they're looking for a new starter. Um, Shooter yeah. might fit that that mold better. Um, so that that's why I have him at six and not any higher. Um, but his contract is, I mean, it's, it's very reasonable. It's very tradable. Yeah, fifteen point five this year, fifteen point five the following year, and then it expires. And I think he's going to be looking for a trade. To be completely honest, not in a negative way, maybe like he did in, in Atlanta, but yeah. I, I think he sees the writing on the wall when we brought in Shea and now Chris Paul. Yep. So some interesting things about him uh, from this past season that I think kind of uh, help Justin's argument. Um, Schroeder played twenty nine point three minutes a game. Um, that is the lowest he's played in the past three years. Um, however, he shot his highest percentage from three-point line with the Thunder on... So the highest percentage of his career, which was 34.1%, on the highest attempts he's ever had in his career um, at 4.6, which is almost a full attempt more a game than he's ever done in his in his NBA career. Um, he averaged 15.5 points. He's only averaged more than that twice in his career. And that was the past two years in Atlanta, um, which were also the highest minutes per game total he had. Um, his assists weren't as high, but he didn't have the ball in his hands nearly as much. So I do think he definitely proved himself that he can play alongside another ball dominant guy. Um, my only concern about him as far as a player is uh, pretty much just his size. He can almost exclusively just play the one. Um, he he can't really like fit in full-time at the two for anybody just because he's so small, 6'1", 170 pounds. True. Uh, he would just get bullied around. Uh, with that being said, though... Um, I think this is a good spot for him. Uh, I do think that the Thunder will probably look to trade him, which leads me to want to ask you guys, who gets traded first, Schroeder or Chris Paul? Oh, this is a great question, but I'm, I'm going to go with Schroeder. I don't think he will be on this team come traded line, and uh, I think Chris Paul will probably be on this team until this next summer. So, Agreed on both points. Q. Okay, interesting. Um, all right, so Schroeder was number six. Yes, Yes. Okay, so before we get into our top five, um, Justin has an ad read. Here we go. That was not nearly as good <laughs> of a segue. Good I was about to say, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of shipping out Dennis Schroeder. I should have done something mm. like that. I'm, I'm not <laughs> so winning close. us any dollars today. Here we go. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, or your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, saving money on shipping costs and keeping your customers happy. And right now, Blue Wire listeners can try ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without entering your credit card info. ShipStation works with all major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. 
No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, enter promo code BLUE. ShipStation.com, make ship happen. All right, we are up to the top five, guys. Hey, Justin, remind me, how low did you have Hamadou Diallo? I had him at eight. Okay, that might be the next one we're doing. Uh, Who was your five? Five was Robertson. Okay. Uh, Taylor, who is your five? You both are going to hate this. You guys are going to have him way higher than this. But I have Steven Adams at five. I had Steven Ooh. Adams at six. So. Oh, okay. Sorry. Wow. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. I think I think we do Homie here, though, because... Yes. We uh, skipped over him. Yeah, and, gotcha. and Justin had him solo. So, Homie... Solo. I did, too. I had uh, Homie at ten. Ha- oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we should, maybe should have done Homie uh, at six or something. All right. Homie makes his appearance at number five uh taylor this is your guy so i'm gonna let you have the floor you guys know i love me some homie um and i i do think he has like he reminds me of an a young oladipo without the jumper and that's the the big thing here is he does not have much of a jumper at all so i haven't ranked lower than like basely for example because of his limitations uh but if he can develop a jump shot and also tighten his handles, which we saw some of in Summer League, but it still needs some work. Um, I think he can become a great player because of his athletic ability, his transition play, and obviously this goes into athletic ability, but his, his explosiveness. Um, but his defense is a little worrisome. I mean, it wasn't awful, especially for a rookie this year. I mean, he came in and gave some solid minutes with that second. Um, maybe you even consider it the third unit um, in terms of his defense and his just his explosiveness and his his uh, his energy. Like, uh, you know, Justin, you mentioned the energy of, of Burton. Uh, Diallo brings that same energy but he has a little more talent, a little more raw talent. Um, so if, if Hami can work on his defense, uh, his handles a little more, and also his, his jump shot, he can really become something special. But he, he's just not quite there yet to put him too high on this list. So therefore, I have him uh, not quite halfway at 10 on this roster uh, of, of most valued probably outside of the league, I think, when it comes to the, the Thunder roster. Yeah, I think you you hit on it. My biggest hesitation with him is the jump shot. He's raw, you know. Okay, he's okay. got a yeah. lot of he's he's got a lot of potential. Um, all of the potential, Justin. All, all of it. All of it. <laughs> I'm just not. I I haven't seen anything yet that has me sold on him taking that next leap. I think he could, but I think it might. He's a slam be, dunk champion. That's all about can, leaps. <laughs> Okay, sorry. It I'm could done. be that was, that was actually pretty good. <laughs> I'm done. Um, bang, bang. He could equally, equally as likely, kind of flame out. Maybe I might even go as far to say more likely uh, to to not turn into the prospect that we all hope he'll turn into. But I think it's the potential is what draws you in and makes you take a chance on him. And I love Hami. Not quite as much as you, Taylor, <laughs> but I, I do love Hami, and I hope I hope he blossoms into who we think he can be. Those are all fair points I agree with. <laughs> Sorry, uh, yeah, I'm with you guys. I, I had Hami this high because, um, and, and I had him at, at number five exactly, so so we That's picked high, him right, yeah. right where I had him. But he to me, he already possesses the things that you cannot develop. 
and the things that he does he's not good at are things that can improve through development so the things that he does have um incredibly high motor right he um i love perry jones to death i mean we we chatted with him live before and stuff and he's he's a great guy but Hami is like opposite perry jones in the sense that that dude is just out there you can tell he's busting his ass the whole time he's out there um he he's a high energy guy he's a high motor guy and i don't think that's something you can coach into somebody i think they either have it or they don't Hami also has like elite nba athleticism uh not elite athleticism because every nba player is elite athletically Hami is like the top one percent of the nba athletic uh, that is something that you cannot develop uh, that is something that you're just God-given that you're born with. And so he has that. Um, he also has great size, 6'5", 200 pounds. And, and I mean, his body, you can just tell it's just like straight muscle. Um, so he has really solid size, especially for like a two in the league. Um, and the things that he doesn't possess, like the shooting, is stuff that maybe it doesn't get a whole lot better, but it can improve with with time and with with effort and putting in the time in the gym where you can't really improve to become a, a top 1% athlete in the league or um, a, a high energy guy. Like those things don't come naturally uh, or th- sorry, those things do come naturally and the stuff like the shooting I think can come along. And I think that's why I have him so high is just because the, the tools that he has I think set him up to be an an interesting long-term player. To me, Hami's ceiling is almost a um, a more athletic Andre Robertson, who maybe isn't the, the type of defender Robertson is, but Hami can be a better offensive player, especially with the ball in his hands. I was going to say he's able to translate that uh, athletic ability to the offensive side as Dre is to the defensive side, maybe? Yeah, I think I think Hami could be a more balanced Dre. Like if you right. took some of Dre's right. defensive ability away and put on the offensive side and balanced it out a little bit more, to me that's what Hami can become. I was just thinking like a, uh, a less versatile uh, Victor Oladipo. It's kind of yeah. how I view. I, I think that's good, and they have the same kind of build, right? You know, the right. same kind of build, same kind of body style. Um, so I would like to spend the uh, last part of this podcast with Jacob continuing to talk great about uh, Hamadou Diallo, <laughs> and I also now have that number one on my list. Quick yeah. revise. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, number four, guys. Uh, Justin, who do you have at number four? My number four was Schroeder. Okay. Okay. So we talked about Dennis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Taylor, who's your number four? My number four is Chris Paul, which I also already touched on in Maymar. Okay. <laughs> My number four, um, apparently you guys have this guy a lot higher than I do. My number four was Danilo Gallinari. Okay. Um, yes, I have him. And a I, I had Steven Adams at number six. Okay, so I've uh, my oh, yeah. my fifth is Adams, um, and okay. my reason for this is obviously he's still young, and he, obviously he's he's for, extremely talented. Yeah, um, so I, I I say Adams goes at four. If I had him at six, you had him at five. Justin, okay, I had him at three. Has him okay? So Adams goes pegged in at number four. Uh, Taylor, continue that thought. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, so like I said, I mean he's still relatively young. I mean he's also twenty six, is he not? Or am I making that up off the top of my head? Uh, right, he just turned twenty seven. Um, Sorry, he's 26. 26, that's what I was thinking. So he still has a lot of potential. And the thing is, I mean, I know he gets banged up and has these these injuries, but he's still out there on the court even with those. I mean, he's fairly durable. 
but still, that's a large contract for a center um, who's unable to stretch the floor, like Jacob was talking about earlier when we, we talked about um, Nerlens. And now I, I do have a note here, and I think we have to take this into consideration. The Warriors are no longer the Warriors. So it may not matter as much in this new era of NBA basketball, of the, the new era of quote-unquote dynamic twos, you know, like Zach Lowe wrote about earlier today. Um, you know, it, it, it really may, it, we might see a transition into the traditional big man again, like we used to see in the past. I'm not really sure, but as it stands right now and with his contract, it, Steven just isn't quite there uh, above Chris Paul for me, for example, who I have at four, uh, just due to overall talent. Now, don't get me wrong, there's going to be a lot of teams that would be interested in Steven Adams, um, but we, to be honest, we saw some rumors that there were some teams interested in Steven Adams. And uh, that's probably uh, this this past summer, and that's probably due to uh, how high Presley values him. They probably weren't big enough offers, um, but he didn't get traded, you know. And instead, Paul George and and Russell Westbrook, etc., gets traded. So that's why I have Stevens at, at five. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how he develops this next season with the Thunder and with Chris Paul as his, his point guard instead of Russell Russell Westbrook, as Jacob mentioned earlier. Yeah, I think Adams. He's he's got a lot of value i think he's the water gets muddied with the size of his contract i think that scares a lot of teams away and probably rightfully so uh it's a lot of money especially for like you mentioned jacob a a traditional big man that may not fit as well into the modern nba but i think his skill set going back to that word proven uh, he's shown us a lot through the years uh good hands good finishing at the rim a very capable defender, solid rebounder, which I think will improve even more now that Russell Westbrook's not there. Yes, that's um, a good point. I think I think he's he's a, a solid all around player, well, and that's and that's he can why pass out the three. post as well as the high post. You know, I think that's, yeah. that's under an underrated aspect of Stevens' game, and um, yeah, no, I, I think that's a good point, Justin. Uh, yeah, I'm with you guys. Um, I think the the reason Steven's value maybe isn't higher is because of that contract. Uh, I do think that he is like an all NBA defensive center. You know, uh, I know that Rudy Gobert gets the, the defensive player of the year awards and the statistics. I think Steven Adams is, uh, well, was, I don't know if we can call him this anymore, but I think he was the highest IQ player on the team. Um, He, uh, like Justin said, solid hands, solid finishing. And I truly believe that with being next to Chris Paul, I think that Steven Adams is going to have a statistically a career year. Uh, Also, you guys just brought up that without having Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul instead, his rebounds should go up. Uh, Last season, he averaged 9.5 rebounds per game. Uh, the difference in rebounds between Chris Paul per game and Russell Westbrook per game is about six. So that's like six hmm. rebounds that are just kind of out there. That's crazy. Um, yeah. So I think you could see Steven Adams. Like I legitimately think uh, this past season his averages were uh, 13.9 points, so 14 points a game and nine and a half rebounds. Like I legit think you'll see Steven Adams average like seventeen and twelve or something like that this season. Eighteen and twelve. Um, so for comparison, uh, Clint Capella last season with Chris Paul as his point guard averaged twelve point seven true rebounds per basketball reference. 
Yeah, I think Stevens just going to be an absolute monster on the glass. Yeah. Absolute mm-hmm. monster on the glass uh, because he doesn't have to clear the clear and just box out for Russ anymore. He he's probably going to be told grab everything that comes off the rim, right? Just just right. grab everything. And so uh, also his age, you know, like you guys mentioned, he just turned twenty six. He feels like he's been in the league forever. He every year he seems to progress. Um, his his assist numbers have gone up every season he's been in the in the NBA. And, uh, and I think that's just a sign of growth as well. So I think it's a good spot for Steven. Um, all right. So that was number four, number three, Justin. I had Adams okay. at three and, yep. and sorry, who'd you have at four, Justin again? Four was Schroeder. Okay. So we, we've kind of already covered yep. a lot of what you did. Taylor, who'd you have at three? Terrence Ferguson. Okay. <laughs> um, at three, I had Darius Baisley. Okay. Which was yep. kind of the hot take, yep. and I had I had Danilo Gallinari at four. I have Gallo at two. I have Gallo at one. Ooh, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, okay, so I had Ferg at two, so I guess we're putting Ferg here because that's just kind of how it. Yep. I had Ferg at six. Okay, cool. Wow. Okay, yeah. So I guess this is where Ferg goes to. Uh, to balance out. So, Justin, um, since you had Ferg lower than – actually quite a bit lower than Taylor and I, why don't you start yeah. off? Yeah, so with Ferg, I think it's uh, – you know, I've used this word a lot. It's what has he proven? I think he's – he had a, a solid year last year, um, but I think I would want to see does it continue next year, especially in, in a new situation without being alongside Russell Westbrook and especially without being alongside Paul George, who was defending at an elite level for a good chunk of last season. How does he do with a different lineup? How does he do with a lineup that doesn't have as much defensive presence around him? Can he be the guy to kind of anchor a defense? We know that, you know, his, his shooting was pretty solid last year. I think that can probably continue, but I think I'd want to see out of him. Does the defense translate in a different situation. I think that's fair. Um, yeah. And, and, and I would agree with you on that. So I don't think he'll ever be the type of guy who can anchor a defense. Like, I don't think that's in him. Uh, I think he is a, a solid on ball defender, uh, who will continue to get better. Um, but I don't ever think he's your, your point of attack defender. Now to, to me, Ferguson has always seemed like a, uh, maybe the ceiling of like a Terrence Ross kind of player. And uh, Mm -hmm. for a guy that was taken 21st in the draft that had a lot of questions, like I think that would be really, really good for Terrence Ferguson. Um, I was really encouraged by his growth from season one to season two. Obviously his minutes catapulted. Uh, He started uh, basically the entire season for the Thunder. But, I mean, his assists over tripled. Uh, His points per game doubled. Um, his rebounds tripled his three point percentage rose by three and a half percent. Um, when taking over double the threes that he took last season, um, he just, he continued to climb and climb and get better and better and better. And to me, like his, his rebounds doubled. I don't know if I said that he, the jump from year one to year two, um, a lot of NBA players make that jump where I think a lot of players really, really start to separate themselves if they is if they see a similar jump from year two to year three. Yep. yep. And that's exactly what I was kind of hitting on is like I wanna see I wanna see what happens this next yeah. 
I think Before that's you bump him as high as Jake. Manahem. I think that's definitely that's fair. Fair. Yep. fair. The reason I had him at number two um, is because even if he doesn't make a significant jump year two to three, and he's still kind of the same guy, we have seen um, on a team last year that was regular season for the most part was a really good team. We have seen him be a really solid role, role player, player and yep. and um, rotation player on a playoff team at the age of 21 and so or at the age of 20 and you we would assume there he's not going to regress he's going to keep moving forward and so to to be able to get a six foot seven two slash three kind of player who has already proven himself to be at least a rotational guy that can shoot the ball with playoff experience right at the contract he is on um, making uh, 2.4 million this year, uh, 3.9 million the following year, and then in restricted free agency, and you have control over that contract for until he hits his athletic prime. Um, that's just, I think that's an asset that a lot of teams would be fascinated in because you can never have enough wings that can defend and shoot. And I think he's kind of a prototypical three and D guy. Right, and. Uh- I, everything you said, Jacob, that's that's why I valued him as high as I did at three. And the only thing I'll add, and we'll save the depth of this conversation for our Thunder season preview, uh, but I think the four guys that the Thunder should really value and build around uh, that are on the ro- roster right now is Shea, Gilchrist Alexander, obviously, Terrence Ferguson, Hamadou Diallo, and uh, Darius Baisley. I think are four that I'm really excited to – I would hope that they would focus on the, on the development of. And uh, I bring that up because I think – Without Russell Westbrook, without Paul George, I see Ferg having a really taking another very big leap this upcoming season. So I, that, that's why I also had him um, as high as I do. Okay, awesome. Uh, number two, Justin. SGA. Okay, Taylor. I had Gallo, and I had SGA number one. Okay, I had Gallo at four, so I think that Gallo slides in here at number two then, um, based on our averages. So, Justin, you're high on Gallo. Talk to us. So, I think Gallo is extremely underrated. Uh, there was a moment, it was actually before the Thunder acquired him. I don't know if you guys follow Andy Bailey on Twitter, but he always does these like secret stat comparisons where he'll post like player A, player B, and post their stats and have everybody vote on w- which one they think is better. And then he'll reveal who it is. And he did one with Tobias Harris and Gallo and Gallo's stats won the poll like 75 to 25. And if you think about how people view Tobias Harris versus how they view Gallinari, I think it's a totally different conversation between the two of them. So when I decided to put Gallo at one, it's because I think he's undervalued, but I also think that come trade deadline time, like you guys kind of hit on earlier, it's it's going to be a contender who's looking for that piece to push him over the edge that is going to be willing to probably pay a fair amount to pick up Danilo and add him to their squad and really make that championship push. So, yes, I'm, I'm with you there uh, for sure. But I would argue that the reason that people talk about Tobias the way they do, they do compared to Gallo is because of his injury history, right? And, I and think, age. And, and age. And age. That's a good point. Tobias yeah. is, is younger than Gallo. And um, because of that, uh, that's why I put Shea slightly above him. 
But uh, before we get into Shea, obviously, one more point I want to make is that, uh, Justin, you mentioned obviously the, a playoff contender who feels like they can, that he could uh, push them over the edge into a championship or finals or uh, conference finals, not finals, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, contention, will be willing to make that trade. But I also think of just like any playoff contender who, like we mentioned, this, this upcoming free agency uh, next summer is going to be very weak. So if a team like that who feels like they're a playoff contender for years to come think that they may not get a meeting with Gallinari this upcoming summer, but they could trade for him at, at, at Ooh, February at the, the trade rights. line. Yep, right. Huh. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, could sell him sell him on their culture and, and have a chance to re-sign him based off of um, the the playoff run they had or you know what their his experience with that respective team. But, you know, you could find some teams like. Oh, man, some like bottom feeders of the Western Conference playoff run. So like the sixth, seventh, eighth seeds this year, or even the Eastern Conference. Oh, you know, Portland's obviously a perfect fit. Um, he may not take a meeting with Portland this upcoming summer, but they may have a great playoff run if they trade for Gallo. He may have a great experience there, like Jacob said, with his bird rights and want to re-sign with them. So that's why I have him at two. Um, but just his injury history, I can't quite put him at one yet. Yep. No, I'm with you. Um He's sorry. I went a little I, I long think, there. <laughs> no, you're fine. He, he he's a modern day four. Uh, last season, probably the best season of his career. He averaged 20 points, six rebounds, three assists. He shot 43.3 percent from three point line on over five attempts a game. Um, he shot over 90 percent from the free throw line, and he got Ooh. there six times a game, which That's is crazy. like. That's close to I, – I don't have it in front of me, but Russell Westbrook probably was close to six attempts a game last season as well. Um, so he can get to the line. He can shoot the shit out of the ball. Uh, he can rebound. He's – I'm with you on Ju- Justin and the fact that I think he's incredibly underrated. Um, if he can stay healthy, uh, he's 31 years old. He's kind of right in the in the midst of his prime. And the thing is, his game isn't really predicated on athleticism. Obviously, he's not an athletic dude, and and you need athletes in the NBA. But just his ability to stretch the floor, to make the right play, he can. He's a ball mover. He can rebound. He can do a little bit of everything. And his size at six ten, two twenty five, is just like perfect for the modern day four. And I think he carries a lot of value. And and like we've talked about before, and we just mentioned, I think I think they're the Thunder. Sam Presti does his best in trades when he can pit teams against each other and and drive up the asking price. Right. And if you don't think that's going to happen with Gallo this year, I don't know what to tell you because I think at some <laughs> right. point oh, a, after Christmas, excited. there's going to be three or four teams calling the Thunder asking for Danilo Gallinari and Presti's going to start pitting them against each other. And I, uh, maybe I'm, I'm too high on this and I'm getting my hopes up, but I think legitimately that you could see the thunder get a really nice, really, really nice trade for Gallo. Like I'm talking really nice. Like, can they get like Anthony Simons? Yes. That's exactly what I was going to say. Or I'm thinking really nice. Like Simons, Bazemore picks or something. Yeah. Crazy. It, th- this one's going to sound crazy, okay? But I, it's it's just kind of sitting there, like, percolating in the back of my mind, all right? Like, somehow Denver decides to give up Michael Porter Jr. and make the push now, oh, right? Yes. Something like that. Like, I think, <laughs> that is a little crazy. I oh, think I love it. somebody might be willing to push in the chips 
because again right. of this perceived notion of this of this season. Exactly. exactly. The Warriors aren't the Warriors anymore. Kevin Durant's out. Um, you know, the Lakers are a little bit scary. There's injury history there and, and some fit problems. The Clippers are a little bit scary, but there's some injury history there and and they don't have a true center. And I I just think somebody might be willing to push the chips in to get Gallo. I'm and they think completely. that maybe he pushes them over the top. With you completely. Also, he had 26 points and eight rebounds in his last World Cup game, I believe it was yesterday. Yep. So, <laughs> God. Okay. So, number one, um, my and Taylor's number one, Justin's number two, Shea Gilgis Alexander. So, uh, I guess I'll, I'll start with Shea. Uh, the reason I have him at number one. Uh, first off is because he's just going into his second year of the league. He's already proven to be a solid defender and a player and a shooter on a playoff team that pushed the Warriors to six. Uh, and he was a, a good reason why they pushed the Warriors to six. And so if you can get somebody that's already a solid rotational contributor in their second year of the league, and you have that cheap contract for three more years and then restricted free agency, like I think every team in the league would be wanting to trade for Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Exactly. Like every team would want him. There is a reason the Clippers did not want to give him up, even though they were getting two all-star, all-NBA players. Um, I think Shea is going to end up being a multi-time all-star um, I think the sky is the limit for him, and I think that that he has all the tools to be a great, great player in this league. And I th- already at this young age, I- if he can do what he just did last year, is impressive uh, and and worthy of his contract. But the fact that his best years are five, six years ahead of him, right? Like it makes him a cornerstone for this Thunder exactly franchise you know? moving forward. Which is, yep. Yeah, like, so, I, I, I don't know. I just think that, like, every team in the league, if Shea Gilgis Alexander were available, 29 teams would call the Thunder. Right. Totally. Right. I was going to say the only thing I have here, because uh, it's, like you said, Jake, it's pretty straightforward. It's just it's a extremely controllable rookie contract for a guy who's shown flashes of uh, of superstardom, not even all-stardom. You know, like, there's no telling how high his ceiling could actually be. And yeah. I just – there's no way that the Thunder – I'm not sure – I mean, it would have to be something ridiculous for the Thunder to even consider trading Shea because um, he's going to, need to be a cornerstone for OKC in this rebuild and moving forward for years to come. So um, that's why I have him at number one. I think he's the, the Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant of this new era, as it is right now. We'll see who we end up drafting in the next couple of years, but I'm with you. Any thoughts, Justin? I don't I don't have anything. I mean, I feel like we all know what we have with SJ, SGA. We're all excited about him. Uh, I think he's like you guys mentioned the future of the franchise that the future of the rebuild that we already have, which most rebuilds don't get to operate like that. So it's super exciting. So instead, you know what his full name is? I've seen this. Uh, gosh, dang it. I saw it in a tweet here about a month ago and I forgot it. Gosh, darn it. Tell me, Justin. Uh, Shay's full us. name is Shayvante. Yes. Asian. Gilgis Alexander. Shavante? Oh, I can't wait. Shavante. I cannot That's wait pretty dope. until the game's that I'm in charge of the uncontested Twitter that account. A, that is a 32 characters Every time he does something, it's going to be Shavante. Shavante. <laughs> That's dope. Three instead of the E's. 
one hundred percent he's gonna be an all star now. Yeah. <laughs> There's <laughs> also I, w- I wish he could put that entire name on the back of his jersey. Shavante Gilgis Alexander. No, Shavante, what was the, the second part? Asian <laughs> Shavante Asian Gilgis Alexander. What a name. What a mouthful. What a name. That properly. Also, let me clarify really fast. I'm not saying he's going to be the next Russell Westbrook or Kevin Durant. I mean in terms of the young uh, Thunder team who moved here from Seattle, had two budding stars in Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, and we had no idea what they were going to be. Shea is in that similar category uh, that they were at that time. I'm not saying Shea's going to be the next Russell Westbrook or Chris Paul or Kevin Durant. <laughs> no. Not what I heard. Yeah. He's going to be the next LeBron. We're holding you to it. <laughs> it's on the record. All right. Um, okay, guys. Well, this was a fun exercise. Uh, I think I think it's interesting to kind of see. We were kind of all over the board. Uh, it, made, it and, made it fun. And, yeah, it, it, it yeah. makes it interesting. And I bet if you ask other Thunder fans, their list is going to be different than ours. Right, right. right. Uh, it, it's just it's it's kind of hard to peg a lot of these guys. Um, so any parting thoughts before we get out of here? Ooh, I don't think so. Thank you guys for, uh, for listening. I know it was a long podcast, but we want to give you guys a little extra content and it was all thunder related, which is really fun. We had a lot of fun with it, uh, since we didn't do a podcast this, this past week outside of our season preview. So, yep. All right. Well, speaking of season preview podcast, if you haven't already, we're on episode three. Now episode four will drop on Monday. Uh, we've got a guest for every team in the NBA coming on to talk about that team with us. Uh, this past week, maybe my favorite one, guys. We got the radio play-by-play guy for the Washington Wizards, uh, which was Taylor. You killed that interview, um, and that Thank was you. that was a, a huge guest, and it was really really cool. Yes. So shout out um, to Nick for getting it. That was awesome. Yeah, and then so this next week we have uh, another three or four teams on the docket. Uh, and that will get us through the Eastern Conference, and then we're moving out here to the West. So uh, all of this should wrap up right around the start of camp for all NBA teams, so you can get all of your fix right before camp starts. Uh, It's been a great series so far, so if you haven't checked it out, go to wherever you listen to your podcasts uh, and look back through our feed, and you'll find them all. Uh, Again, the next one comes out this coming Monday. Uh, I believe that will be September 9th. So be on the lookout for that. They all drop Monday mornings. Besides that, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate you. We've got a handful of really nice reviews on the pod recently that people have left. Um, If you have done that already, thank you so much. If you haven't yet, uh, please go to wherever you listen to your podcast, especially if you are listening on an iPhone, on on iTunes or whatever, and just drop a five-star review. If you want to write something, that would also be cool. But if, as long as we get that five-star rating. Actually, we found out today that we are the 72nd most listened to NBA podcast on iTunes. That Booyah. is dope. Huge. So Huge. badass. And that is because of you guys and because of the reviews you leave and how many times you download our podcast. So let's drive that number up. Um, keep dropping those reviews. We appreciate you guys. And also check out the the Blue Wire family. They are at Blue Wire Pods. You can also find them online at bluewirepods.com. We are on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. Justin is at OKC Tracker. Taylor at Taylor underscore P15. Myself, I am at ThunderMob405. You guys enjoy the weekend. Have a, have a fun college football Saturday. NFL's back. So I know a bunch of people are going to be in on that. Make sure you go place your bets. baby. 
Yep, make sure you go place your bets on my bookie. I'm going to jump on the Browns bandwagon this year. I think I'm going to do it. I like it. I like it. Bake. Shake and bake, baby. Shake and bake. As always, thunder up. See you guys later. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.